Hi, how are ya? Told you I was gonna fucking do it. Um, yeah. We're back. We're back. This is Sahara, part two. When we left off- It will only get worse! When we left off, we had just, uh- Discovered that Al was your favorite. Al was my favorite, and that we had just, like, left that town where all those people died. Or village. Cluster of that, houses. That, that small village. Yeah. I don't even know what to call it. It was really small. Um, I don't know what you call a grouping of five houses. Like a family <laughs> family compound. I don't know. Um, Compound's a good word. Compound. We'll go with compound. It's the Madrigal House is a compound. Madrigal House is something else. And somehow we're talking about Encanto. Um, which James and I do way too frequently in our everyday lives. <laughs> Alright, so uh, we get to this town where the other rival war gang leader rules and there's this really nice car hidden and i wrote men are all the same because everyone geeks out about the car right away and they go and they talk to the leader and she's like i'm investigating this pandemic and he's like takes her to like this room full of very sick people and is like does it look like this and she immediately goes... And shines a light in a motherfucker's eye. And lifts up an eyelid and looks in his eye. And I was like, again with the eyes! Like, just stop! <laughs> that would literally be like someone today going, Oh, you have COVID? Let me see. And like, breathing in their like mouth. Like, why? <laughs> I just... I, I It drove me up a wall so much. <laughs> I just, it, I didn't understand. It's just so funny because if the pandemic didn't happen, you would never be that mad about it. Like, it would have glossed straight over it. It's all about context. Like, I'm just like, I have so much information now that I wouldn't have had two years ago about what we do when people are sick and how we treat pandemics and what we're supposed to do and blah, blah, blah. Things I would have never cared about or known about two years ago. I now have excessive information stuffed in my brain. And still, <laughs> also still, just while we're talking about the pandemic, zero information. Because nobody seems to know what to do anymore. So, you know. Anyways, back to Sahara. <laughs> Stop lifting up the eyeballs, please. Um, she starts to take samples of water and, like, test them. And I said, I don't know what's wrong with the water, but red is never a good sign. I don't think your water should turn red when you put dust in it. That's probably not a good thing. I don't know what's wrong with it, but something's wrong. Um, and then we break apart from our war-torn desert community to go to the admiral on the ship who James told me his name literally like not even five minutes ago and I still don't remember. Um... And he is trying to talk to someone who I assume is in the CIA. He's a government official. Of some type. Someone who has a lot of power. And he basically used, references a date where he, the admiral, did a favor for this high up government oh, official. Oh, no, 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 no. You, you, okay, you're talking about the other guy. I thought you were at the government meeting. No. No. I was talking about the black guy. That group. guy? CIA. Okay, I'm so, fairly certain. So he's in the CIA. He's in one of them letter agencies. That's all we know. And that's all you need to know. But he, uh, the Admiral references a date where something clearly happened between the two of them that the Admiral did for this man. 
And all I could think about in that moment was I wish people owed me blood favors. Like, I wish I, like, people owed me blood favors. Like, I wish that was something I just had in my back pocket for times of need. I'm not talking, like, big up, like, high up people. Just occasional everyday people, like, HR departments or movie producers or directors like things like that. i just wish I, I wish i had a little bit more uh, a few more blood favors in my in my <laughs> piggy bank i think that'd be a cool thing to have um and then i made a note which immediately got slapped in my face because we we're all focused on this pandemic um thing happening and i said what about the boat do we just not care about the boat anymore and then like not even a minute later in film time i was like hey look the boat because they found, like, this cave drawing of the boat. And so it was just a really good... It reminded me... Um, there's a few times <laughs> where directors and film creators do this really awesome thing where it's, like, enough time has passed that you've forgotten about this other plot line. And they bring it up and they're like, Hey, remember that plot line? And you're like, oh, yeah, that's basically what happened. Except I was looking at the film from a critic's eye, so I was like, we haven't really talked about the boat in a long time. We were talking about a boat a bunch at the beginning, and now we're ta- talking about it. And then immediately, they uh, they brought up the boat. A similar thing happened to me while I was watching uh, the South Park. Pandemic special? Was It wasn't the pan- It was the new one that came out. Oh, the post-pandemic special. The post-pandemic <laughs> Yeah, that one. <laughs> <laughs> and it was like they had gone through this big show showing all the pre like all the South Park characters that you know grown up and one we hadn't seen was Timmy and then they went back in time and made a special reference to Timmy and I was like oh yeah Timmy we never saw Timmy and it was just and then immediately later you saw Timmy in the future and I was like it was just like again one of those clever moments where they were like you thought you thought we forgot and we thought you forgot here you go um and then I made a note that it, at the same point where I was like, that was a cool moment. But also, of course, both lead characters' problems, like, connect together to form one solid solution. Like, of course, that's how it works. And the solution, as with all early 2000s movies, is kill everyone. Everybody must die. What are you talking about? Well, that's how, every, that's how we win, is we kill everybody. I was talking about that they had to find the boat to find the river. Oh, well, no, they kill everybody and then everyone wins. Oh, see, that's not what I was talking about at all. Nah. I wrote that it was basically because they find out that the boat is buried. And if they find where the boat is, because that's where the old river would be, then they find where the river is and they can track uh, the water that's being poisoned. Because like I said, red water is a bad thing and we find out that it's being tainted and poisoned. So they're going to go find that. Um... And so we do this chase scene with these camels where they're trying to catch a train so they can follow the train to... That's a fun scene. I like that scene. Uh, this place, because they essentially they go to where the location of the boat should be and they see this mass field of solar panels. But there's no wires going out, so the energy's not going anywhere, so it's being stored there. And they want to figure out what's going on there. So they um, they get on their camels and they use the camels to chase down the train. And in that moment, um, something that if you don't know about me 
is 100% of the time I'm going to care more about animals in the movie than any live person in the an- like in the movie. And so I wrote instantly cares more about camels being okay than either protagonist in this film at this moment. But what, but what about Al? You like Al. Al was already on the train when I wrote that. <laughs> he was Fair. already doing his stuff. Fair. So. Fair. Um, and then I wrote a note. That I don't remember why I wrote it, which is one of the few that I didn't take a note of what was going on. Okay, what's the what's the note? I said I fucking hate guessing games. I don't remember why. I don't know because there it's this scene of the train, and then it's cut straight to the mystical inside of the building somehow. So I have no idea what you're talking about. I don't either. Well, we'll come back to it if we figure it out. Yeah, sorry. I had a James moment where I wrote a note that had no I context. Why I wrote this. Yeah, none at all. Um, I thought it. W- I guess I thought that moment would be clear in my head when we got to this point, but apparently it did not stick. That's out how I write all my notes: is I go, "I'll remember this," and then I don't because that's dumb. Why would I remember anything? Um, and then I I think what broke my brain is because we were talking about this moment while I was watching it. And then you wrote that there was another trope of that they just yada yada the fact that they got inside the complex with no issues whatsoever hiding on the train. They absolutely had to yada yada that shit. And so then my next note immediately after was I fucking hate guessing games was, oh, I guess they are just inside now. So. Honestly, the, the knowing some of the background that I know about the movie is that it went way, way, way over budget. Like the movie... Ended up costing like a hundred million dollars, and it should have never cost that much. Like they did not budget that much for it. Uh, and to help you understand the budget, uh, McConaughey made eight million. Zahn made like two point three. He deserves more. And Penelope Cruz deserves infinitely more. Uh, she made a measly one point six million. She wasn't super big at that point, though, so that's probably. I mean, yeah. That's probably what she would have made back then. Now. Yeah, now she would make gajillions more. But the. I think she made a fuck ton for Black Swan, too. The, uh. The the movie cost $100 million. It had a fine box office performance, but it would only have been a good box office performance if they had kept the movie at the budget that they meant to. So it never cleared the $100 million within its time in theaters. So it like the I I I wish it was a two and a half hour movie and we got a little more background on uh the the military guys and how that came about instead of just like posters and pictures and I would have liked a clearer explanation as how they got from the inside of a train car to a hole in the wall. Especially because we see how hard it is for them to break in the next time. Like, yeah. get to the, through the security the next time. Yeah, they, like, shoot doors and shit. Like, like it, I, I would I would just love to see that scene. Because, it okay, so the movie's based on a book. And if all of that stuff is taken from the book, then there is written somewhere a way for them to get from inside the train car to that hole in the wall. Mm-hmm. It's written somewhere, so it's plausible. Now all we need is an extra twenty minutes of screen time to make it happen, but we can't because we spent a hundred million dollars on the 
fucking thing. Continue. Um, a bitch about the budget. We then break from them breaking into the facility to go to Rudy, who has now done tests on the algae he found, to find out that the water in the entire river, for the most part, is poisoned and it's heading towards the ocean. Bad news bears. So they schedule a meeting with some high-up American government official. I believe it's at an embassy. Yeah, so he's probably an ambassador or something. But he's somebody who has connections to be able to pass along the information they know to the higher powers that be. Um, And he pretty much goes, do you have any, like, other evidence of this? And they're like, no. And and he's like, do you have anyone that can corroborate your story? And they're like, not with us. Because there are, they know that, they just don't have them with them. And he's like, cool, I'm going to take, and this is really important, I'm going to make sure that I put this of the highest important, like, I've got this, and I literally wrote, this is how so many fucking people died. This is how we ended up where we are today. Uh Uh-huh. I literally was like, this is, I, I... Shockingly poignant. Again, this is a, this was a fascinating movie to watch in 2022 right now, because I was like, I was like, oh dear God, this is how we ended up where we are, isn't it? Mm Mm-hmm. And then I proceedingly right after wrote that I hate the government. The red tape, red taped. Um. And then we find they eventually get caught. We break back to the facility. They eventually get caught because I was shocked it took that long. Honestly. Um, but they do get caught and the boys, Al and Dirk, get shipped off to the warlord and... The French dude keeps Ava for reasons. And the reason is the power of boners. Almost assuredly. And he tells the warlord that she's dead. And if it's one thing you don't want to do to an African warlord, I'm not speaking from experience, just what I know about them between my limited media consumption, is uh, you don't tell lies to African warlords. I feel like that's a bad plan. I feel like it's not going to get you very far. I mean, it's probably a bad idea to tell a lie to any warlord. It's also just, like, he has staff and bodyguards that are supplied to him from the warlord. And the fact that he gets any semblance of a way with this is shocking. But he just decides to tell the warlord that Ava's dead and keep her alive at the facility and just assumes that's going to work for him. Um, and I said in that moment that you are an idiot and the fucking power of boners is too strong. And then I also wrote right after that mansplaining because then he proceeds to mansplain a bunch of shit at Ava and it was... And my favorite thing is that all of it's wrong. Like, he doesn't, nothing that he says is correct. She's like, the It's whole, all proven wrong. She's like, the whole water is tainted. He's like, no. It can't be. It's no, impossible. it can't be. That's not how this works. And I was like. Hilarious. Uh, Hilarious. <laughs> He's like, it goes underground. It's not going in water. And she was literally just like looking at him like, you're stupid. And I was looking at him like, this is a perfect example of mansplaining. Because he was literally just like talking down to her about something she like has concrete proof of. And he was like. No, don't worry about it. It's fine. We we would know if that's what was happening. Like, uh, oh my god, it's 
Amazing. Um. Amazing. So, then we cut back to the boys who are unconscious in the bed of a truck, and they wake up, and they, like, start formulating a plan, and they eventually unscrew the bed of, like, the inside part of the bed of the truck and push themselves off of the truck. Yes. And all I wrote after that was, now what? And also, how do those two fuckers not feel the weight of the truck change? Because if you've ever ridden with anything in the bed of the truck, especially that's heavy, you feel when it leaves. Or you feel when something gets put in. The weight distribution changes. They also hear none of it. And they also, like, during that scene were checking back on them to make sure they were still unconscious. And apparently just don't do that for the rest of the drive. Because it'd be really easy to just turn around and find those two assholes lugging this fucking giant piece of metal around in the desert. But they don't. So... Like, my whole thought was, what now? Because I didn't know where they were going to go from this. It kind of reminds me of the fish. I thought about this while I was watching it. It reminds me of the fish in Finding Nemo, who, like, went through all this effort to roll the bags out of the window and got to the ocean and were like, oh, now we're trapped in the bags. Mm -hmm. And that's all I could think of. I was like, well, now you're off the truck, but you're still handcuffed to this giant piece of metal in a desert, and there's nothing around for miles. I think the bed of it was actually plastic. Looked metal. It sounded metal. The rails were metal, but I think the piece that they were laying in and then sliding and then carrying around, I believe that was actually plastic. It sounded like metal. It looked like metal. I don't know. When you you you've seen truck beds, right? Yes, most of them are metal. You've seen my dad's truck bed, right? No. It's plastic. Well, in that style of truck in that age, it was plastic. Fuck's sakes. <laughs> Are you about to Google trucks right now? Here it goes, oh, Googling trucks. Okay, what do I need to look up here? <laughs> 2005 pickup trucks in Africa? I don't, know what I don't know what you're trying to find here to try to prove me wrong. I know all the pickup trucks I've ever been in my life, the beds have been metal. My brother's is metal. My dad's is metal. My... Your brother's has plastic lining. Not in the back. It didn't when he originally... It does now that he put the shell and shit on there, but it didn't originally. It was metal. Anyways. um, Throughout this whole scene of them wandering the desert with this truck bed of unknown material um, is that they should be so dead by now. Like, more times over than is humanly possible, they should be dead. Uh, they... Another slight issue is, like, medically, if you're out in the desert in exposed sun for that long. Because um, they do walk under it for a while, but they also walk not, like, they walk dragging it behind them for quite some time is they should have sun blisters. And then for the amount of time, like they fell down, a, like it fell down a hill and it yanked them at one point. Um, they should also have broken wrists. Like there is just a lot of injuries that are missing from this film. 
Yeah, see? Chats with me about the truck bed. Um, so they should have some blisters. They should have some broken wrists. And then they find this plane, this very busted, broken down plane that they somehow dig up and turn into a parasail. And I just wrote, sure. Sure, that works. We're just going to pretend that's how that would work. That busted ass plane would just magically, none of the parts, they would just be able to recreate a parasail and it wouldn't crumple from the damage that is done structurally to it. Sure. Um, and then I don't take notes for a little bit. For a very long time. What's the next note you have? About her jumping out of the helicopter. Oh my god. I was actually really invested in this portion of the movie where they were breaking the, into- All the action sequences? Yeah. Because uh, you want to watch the action sequences. So eventually- Oh, they fucked your name. Let me watch you do combat. <laughs> Sometimes I have- Look, it's that character I like. He's doing dangerous things. Sometimes I have boy brain and my boy brain goes, ooh, fighty fighty. And that's basically all I pay attention to. I'm like, oh, cool. People are getting punched and there are bombs. Yes. So- that whole sequence, they break it, they go to the rival warlord, and they get his car and a truck of his. They break back into the facility, they rescue all the prisoners that are in there from that from his war tribe. He takes them all out. They break in there, they find out the place is deserted, and that there's been a bomb that sets up. So Al goes to defuse the bomb, or like, relocate it, or whatever. Okay, so they explain it. I know, the dynamite's in the barrel, and they're going to use the facility to blow up the dynamite through the heating structure that disposes of the chemical things and cleans the tanks. Yes. I got it. Cool. Thank you. You're welcome. That's what Al goes to go do, is find those particular pieces of dynamite and move them so uh -huh. that they do not explode. Because uh -huh. if the place explodes, it locks all the evidence underground, uh -huh. and the entire world dies because the contamination will just spread. Uh -huh. You happy now? Yeah. Kind Meanwhile, in classic hero got a hero, Dirk goes to the top to try to stop the bad guy from taking the damsel in distress. And Hey, if it helps, at first, Dirk wants to find the bomb as like a main priority. I mean, it should be the which, main. Which I believe is, again, his military brain taking over and being like, threat, eliminate threat, find the bomb. Right? That's the first thing he wants to do. And then Al is like, movie moment, you go get the girl, I'll get the bomb. Amazing. Hilarious. So he goes up there and he tries to rescue her from a helicopter and the guy's bodyguard like, attacks him. They try to fly off. She punches the guy in the helicopter and jumps out, where is, which is where my next note was. Oof, bad landing. That is a hurt ankle. Minimal. Yep. If not more damage, because she just biffs that landing hard. It was not good. You know what else I like, though, about this fight scene? Dirk just gets his shit kicked in for the entire first half of the fight. Yeah. I don't think he actually lands a single blow until after he, like, until after more of the fight happens. Are you going to talk about more of the fight? Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, actually, no. Um, I I was going to talk about it, like, the part where he got hit by the helicopter tail, which is also Hilarious. a broken rib minimal. Uh -huh. 
Like, just the amount of things that should have happened to these guys that don't is astonishing. You ever get hit by a helicopter? I feel like you don't get up from that, but he does quite quickly, actually, and continues to fight. Well, not well. He does not fight well. No, the, he really does not do well in the fight. In fact, he, he gets his shit kicked in hard. And he eventually gets, like, thrown off the side of the building. He, like, grabs on and, like, does this cool, like, smart, per- like, work smarter, not harder moment where he, like, finagles his way to appear hidden so he can do a surprise attack later because the guy in the plane who has all the technology is like initiated the command sequence which requires a bunch of the solar panels to move and Dirk uses the solar panels that are on the side of the building to hide underneath them but he's also holding on to it with his bare hands a solar panel that has been sitting in the sun for hours Truly a moment that has bothered me about this movie since the very first time I watched it. And I went, I've touched metal that's been in the sun. That's not right. And I was like, your hand's clutching burning metal. Sure, okay. And even, even say it's not even like the that particular metal bar that we see him grab. Say that's not been in direct sunlight the whole day. Where the fuck are we? In the desert. We're in the hot Desert, where it has been shown previously in the movie as they trek through the desert with the truck liner, that it's hot as fuck in the desert. So even if it's not been in the sunlight directly, that bar of metal is still a cool 150 degrees. And then Minimum. He proceeds to, like, climb on top of it and use it to do a cool, like, surprise attack. He ends up winning his fight. Um, but the amount of burns that should have occurred in this movie... Are extreme. There's a lot. A lot of burning should have happened. Um, and so they eventually, they stop. Owl gets the explosive dynamite he throws in his bag. They escape. They get off in the fancy car. Owl barely makes it out. He did very well, though. Um, he also should have been burned by the he been fumes killed. that he should have been. He, Al should be dead. Even right there where he was is too close. Al should be dead. That was my note of the amount of burns that should have occurred in this movie. I, I like, though, how he his, how he just acts for the, like, moment or two of the, like, reaction to the fire finally being closed off and locked down. As he's just, like, he opens his eyes again and he, all of his muscles are shaking. And you see him, like, effort to let go with one hand. And it's, like, his hand is still, like, clawed. Like, that's just a good, that's good acting. It was good like, acting. Like, Steve Zahn put so much effort into this kind of B action movie. And it's just so, it doesn't deserve him, but it has him anyway. He puts way more effort in than Penelope Cruz or Matthew McConaughey do. But when you're Penelope Cruz and Matthew McConaughey, you, you don't, don't have really to, have to. You don't gotta put in that much effort. But he does a great job of acting. Like, all his action sequences and moments that he does, I don't have a lot of notes about because he does really well in them. Other than, yeah, he was way too close to the fire and probably should. I want to meet... Uh, we live in the same city as Matthew McConaughey. I want to meet him. He teaches so that at He the teaches film at the college. In our town, so... I, I want to meet him just so I can be like, Hey, man, do you still talk to Steve Zahn? Because Sahara was super great. I thought just you were going to... Gonna, I thought you were going to be like... Hey, hey man. man, can you can you hook me up with Steve Zahn? I thought you were gonna be like, <laughs> I want to hang out with that guy. Like, hey man, big <laughs> fan, big fan. My wife, probably the only lady on this planet who hates your guts. Like, <laughs> like that's where I thought you were gonna go with that. He's so nice. 
He is a nice guy. I he's will... so he's such a good person for being a celebrity. And you know, I don't understand. When it was rumored that he was going to run for governor, I would have voted for him. But man, do I hate him! <laughs> I can't. I can't not with you. If his voice sounded different, maybe I would like him. It's not. It's it's like just base southerner. It's not. It really is, though. I like other people with southern accents. I think you just hate him because he looks the way he does with no effort. No, because I don't find him attractive at all. Like, he, again, if you refer to part one, repulses- You made a comment about how my hair looks like his hair. No, I said your hair could like look like his hair if you put effort into it. <laughs> I, his hair is fine. It's the rest of him. His face, his everything, just- I'm sorry, it's not what I'm into. I don't- if you are, no- You like scrawny guys! I do like scrawny emo nerdy guys. That's- that's my type. All of the people on my free pass list are dark-haired... scrawny people. So anyways, about Sahara! So, um, they get out and they drive away. I'm not really sure where they're driving to. I'm assuming to the other... They drive towards that uh, that structure that they Yeah, well, no, they drive past it. Oh, like, yes. going this way. So I don't really know where they're going, because also... Oh, that bothers me. Huh. Well, okay, when they originally drive up to the structure, they go this way, like the castle place. They come from... They come from this direction, and they end up at the castle. And when they drive away from or then they when they go to like they see the train coming it's on this side and the solar panels are on this side the solar panels go all the way around but i'm saying the solar panel complex is over here yeah from the castle the way they look or True. is it over there well it, it's not super clear because there's no okay so there's never an establishing shot that showcases both the structure the train tracks and the solar panel complex. They see the solar panel complex from, from the top of the tower. But I'm trying to remember which way they're looking out of the top of the tower because I'm the way they drove just didn't make sense in my brain because in my head, the way I viewed it was castle structures over here, like the solar panel structures over here, mm -hmm. which would mean they came from this way. But then they're also driving that way when they leave. I don't know. Um... But regardless, they drive past the castle, <laughs> yeah. and there's apparently just a whole ass hovering helicopter behind that small little tower. And I wrote, how you not see or hear the hovering helicopter? Like, there, there wasn't a lot of places for it to hide, and it's not like it could lift off the ground that fast, so it was just hovering there. I'm just not sure how you, uh, how you didn't see, catch that. I think it's less an issue of how did you not see that, because that the castle is also established to be a bit on higher ground. And the shot of when they see the helicopter come out behind is, like, pointed up. So maybe it's not an issue of how did you not see it, but one million percent, how did you not hear it? You can hear a helicopter from that close. Also. Easily. I know because I have. How is the helicopter there? Like, still and not. I mean, like, you can make a helicopter, like, semi, like, stay in the same place. But even if you've, like, seen a drone, it kind of has to move a little bit. Otherwise, it just falls. What do you mean right now? Well, okay. When you see the helicopter, it seemingly appears from, like, behind the castle out of nowhere. Right. 
And there was nowhere for that helicopter to really hide, was my whole point. Beyond the hill that the castle is on. It wasn't behind the hill, though. It would have to be if the castle's on a hill. I wish I had a picture. I'm going to find a picture right now. I'm gonna leave. I'm gonna let the pilot in chat explain helicopter physics. It's here. not so much the hovering as where it was hovering. More importantly, it wouldn't have been hovering if it was coming. The, the I suppose they can. I did grow up in a house that was like eye line to the hospital helicopter pad. Um, okay, so the helicopter. There's a lot of helicopters in the movie. The one that we're talking about currently is the one that Kazim is flying in from his compound to presumably go to the facility. This movie's been made a bunch. Sarah? Mm-hmm. Okay, but the book came out in, like, the late 90s. You sure? Yes. Clive Custler is still alive. So, okay, so, there's no reason for Kazim in his helicopter to have been hovering behind this building. He's going to the structure. He's going to the, the solar facility. He has to be. Because he's already suspicious of Massard. And he doesn't believe that the girl is dead. And Massard is already bugged out. So the only reason for Kazim to be anywhere near that vicinity is because he's already mobilized troops to go in that direction, presumably to shut this shit down himself. And uh, he wants to fly. So it would make sense that he would be on the move approach from the direction that he approached from which is the south because they mentioned that the troops are mobilizing north so he's coming from the south where there is a hill that we saw the heroes climb up to get to the they didn't really climb up they rode up to get to the structure and he comes whipping around the backside of that so basically what i'm saying is you're wrong Are you still trying to find a screen grab? I am literally just trying to find it so I can, like, show you what I mean. We'll make it quiet. It's already quiet because I'm Beautiful. watching you stream. Beautiful. Um, I didn't think this was going to be this large of debate, like, at all. <laughs> I, just, I just... I don't understand what your brain is using for doing? spatial I have awareness. a place where I can look at this without commercials. I have the actual place where we watched the movie. True. Um, well, what other notes do you have while we pull this up? Well, I'm... You pull it up, then. Sorry. Like, you have my notes. This still doesn't work. <laughs> I don't have the Paramount app. I know. Let me just find the fucking movie. I, it will take me <sighs> so little time. Uh, oh, resume. I can just back it up from there. Beautiful. Okay. I have an ad on Paramount. I fucking hate my life. <laughs> um, <laughs> this is the problem where we are in the day and age, guys. Unbelievable. It's a it's an ad for another movie. 
or a TV series that's on Paramount, apparently. Um, okay. We're gonna go all the- give me- can I- thank you. Okay. There, right there. Okay, so they're driving. They're driving. There's no established direction that they're driving. They're simply driving in the desert. Currently still driving in the desert, having a nice little chat. Al's watching behind him. There's the structure. And there's a hill. But he doesn't come from behind a hill. He comes from behind the tower. Pause right there. Do you see a helicopter? No. All right. Don't fast forward ten seconds. From behind the structure. There is a whole ass hill back there. He comes from behind. Okay, we're not going to get. You, I don't. I, I, I fucking don't understand it. I don't understand why you're hung up on this thing that is. What you're saying is insane. You are saying. I'm insane just saying things. there's nowhere from the helicopter to come from. Where it would have been hidden from you and earshot. I, you're insane. You're an insane person. Anyways, we go on, and eventually they continue this whole fight, and they come up with this idea to uh, give themselves some cover with the sand, and he tells Ava, uh, Dirk tells Ava to throw the dynamite when he says, and he makes a line that's very sexist and bothers me, which is, hope you don't throw like a girl. And it, that's just like an old cliche of like, we don't say that anymore, because... Mm-hmm. And then I went on this big tangent in the middle of this fight where I'm like, well, maybe if you taught your daughters to, like, actually throw and didn't spend all your time, like, playing catch with your sons and that was something that we did in the past and we really encouraged girls to participate in sports and do sports things and weren't upset when they did that, maybe girls wouldn't, maybe that wouldn't be a trope of throw like a girl because girls wouldn't know how to throw. There is a one million percent chance that I would never be able to hit a pitch off of a softball pitcher. Uh, Ever. So. They would always burn me. I would never hit one. I'm terrible. It's just it's just a bad trip. It's just or trope. It's just a bad trope. We shouldn't use it anymore. Good thing we don't. Um and then after like the dust settles from them throwing the dynamite and creating the cover, guess what's there? It's the boat cuz of fucking course it is. The of of fucking course. Just the astronomical odds. Bring it up with Clive Cussler, man. He wrote the book. It's it's like a good story thing. Like it's like ties it all together in a nice pretty bow. But if it helps, they weren't even looking for it anymore. They I had know. forgotten all about trying to find the fucking thing. He even traded. If you remember when they were he traded the coin. It, he traded the one fucking coin that he thought existed for a jeep. For the jeep, yeah. So they had fully given up on the idea of finding that ship, and then they accidentally blew it out of the sand. Because of fort, of course. Because of did. course. Um, Hilarious. And then I, I wrote a note that was mainly because James and I were talking about how I like to play drinking games for stuff. I was like, I should have played a drinking game for every time these fuckers should have been shot or seriously injured in this movie. They've been sloshed in two fight scenes. Because like the amount of gunfire that then goes into this old. Civil War ship that they are hiding in and that they get hit by not a single bullet, not even a ricochet, is insane. Like, 
holy fuck. I love how they were like, McConaughey's super, like, he's super convinced. He's like, these walls are two feet thick with double layered He's steel. so in love with this boat. He's like, it, we're not going to we, get we hit should, at all. We can just wait it out. He's only got 30 minutes of fuel time. Now, if they didn't have armor piercing rounds, as they call it, uh, in theory, probably would have been uh, probably would have been fine. They knew the and boat the, was in the plan, area. That plan would have been fine. However, the helicopter immediately throws that entire argument out the window and lights it on fire as massive holes the size of arms punch through the shell of this boat. <sighs> <laughs> And one of the best lines in the movie that you got to see. And you laughed at it, too. I, I think I wrote a note. I have a note before that, but I do oh, okay. write a Carry note. Oh, on. Um, I said that I was more upset about this piece of history being destroyed than uh, the fact any of these protagonists might die, except Al. I like Al, was my exact full note. But I was really upset. It was kind of like, ooh, history. Ooh, please stop. Please stop please shooting stop the boat. Please stop shooting your guns at history. I was like, please stop shooting the historical boat that's been hidden for years and we just now found. Like, please stop. I don't <laughs> even care if they fucking die. Like, stop shooting the fucking boat. Get up there and walk up to it. Like, where are they going to go? They don't have guns. Just stop with your helicopter shooting the giant holes in the boat. They do have guns. Um. They do? Yeah, they, they oh, showcase. Oh, Al does. Yeah, Al does. Al, yeah, Al has the AK-47 at the very least. Um. And then they make a note of, like, like Al and Dirk make a joke to each other about, like, how the fuck they survived, like, all of that. They're like, that should not have worked. Oh, None no, of this should have worked. A different line I was thinking oh, of. What were you thinking after of? the bullet holes pepper through, like, immediately disproving Dirk's thesis that they could oh, just wait it out. Line. And Al goes, you want to talk me through that again? <laughs> you, you busted up laughing about that. Al great lines i was a great part of this movie brilliant character. he makes it worth watching um he makes they also make the note both al and dirk after all the like they fire a cannon they take down kazim kazim and <coughs> like they all the troops just immediately give up which I also don't think would happen but I'm not again a huge historian on how African war tribes operate Maybe that's what would happen. Maybe not. I don't know. I do know that they do this really awesome thing, which I appreciate, which is they both look at each other and we're like, I cannot believe that worked. Then like that or that should not have worked. And I was like, at least they acknowledge it. At least they acknowledge the astronomical fucking luck they have. Um, and then so all the war troops surrender and the other ruling war leader rolls up with all his troops and like basically takes over and i was like one violent ruling war tribe to another why are we celebrating i was i don't think that's something we should be celebrating and then we get the end of scene of the movie where you find out what happens with the boat and find out they definitely commit war crimes that are definitely against the geneva convention and definitely poison a motherfucker. Um, and then we get to the end. It's, it's heavily implied. Oh, it is not implied. It is shown. They, we all know about the poison water. And he takes one water away and puts in another water. Now, the interesting thing, though, is, is that before that happens, they do point out that they did develop a 
like an anti I forget what they called it. It's not an antidote. But it's a It's a treatment. They yeah, they mentioned that they were successfully treating it with a medicine that they made based off of Rudy's research. Which is cool. Which is a nice shout out to him being smart. But so like we know there's a uh, way to cure it, right? We know that that exists. But that guy's going to have a bad time. But that guy's going to have a bad time. So at the very minimum, it's a war crime for poisoning him. But it's it's not clear whether or not he'll die. It's also a war crime, more importantly, because he now I know he is French. And that was definitely American that put that bottle there. So, um, And then we get to the end scene, which is like the tie-in for your like, your romantic interest. Your romantic love interests at the end of the movie. And all I wrote was gross. 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 And then James told me that Penelope Cruz and Matthew McConaughey started dating at the end after this movie. And I was... um, I just wrote triple gross. So. Well, France and America were both part of the Geneva Convention. So. Was that hotel in France? Where was that? No, but it was a French citizen by an American citizen. I don't know where they were. Well, if chat's right and there's not a declared war, then it would just be assassination. It wouldn't be a war crime. Hmm. And it does make sense to say that it it can't be a war crime if we're not at war. Fair. But yeah, though that was Sahara. What did you think of it overall? Overall, I liked it a lot more than I thought it would. Than I thought it would. Than I thought I would. Um, I enjoyed Al a bunch. I liked the action scenes in the movie. Um, a lot of my hard time was watching Matthew McConaughey. Um, but if I just like ignored a lot of his presence, the movie was really good. So, Who, which okay. might be why I didn't okay. know characters' names for so long. Because every time he was on screen, my brain just went. Eh. Okay, here's a question. <laughs> If you could take another, like, early 2000s action movie star and slot him in in McConaughey's place. Was The Rock acting yet, or was he still wrestling? The Rock was acting in some really fucking awful movies. I'd put The Rock in there. Fucking no. Or Vin Diesel. No. No, that's terrible. Um... He asks for my opinion and then says your, your it's Your opinion wrong. is... Bad. I also don't know uh, that many action movie stars, okay, so you'd see. have to give me more. Who was hot in 2005? Who was popular? Uh, Matt Damon? I'd take Matt Damon. Brad I like Pitt. Matt Damon. I don't like Brad Pitt. I mean, you don't have to like him, but he was popping in Yeah, but I, would, I, I, it would be uh, this, a similar issue. Let's see. Not as strong, but I also don't like him. I also don't like Tom Cruise, so don't say Tom Cruise. I mean, Tom Cruise could have. Um. Actually, they had a list in I the have, trivia somewhere about actors who were like... I have a name in my head. What's his bucket? Pierce Brosnan. I would have watched Pierce, Pierce Brosnan. Pierce Brosnan would have been fine. I would have watched Pierce Brosnan be in this. I would have watched uh, Harrison Ford. Harrison Ford? Yeah, if they made it in the 90s. I know. Or the 80s. But if we're just talking about people I prefer to see. Um, I would have watched fine. Pierce Brosnan 100%. That I would have really liked Pierce Brosnan in it. I'm trying to find it. They put it. It's on a note on IMDb. But overall, I really did like the story. I like the concept. I always like treasure hunting movies. So the fact that that was a portion of it, um, I thought it was really 
I thought it was a good movie to watch now, um, just because we do have all the context and you're like, yeah, that doesn't seem so far-fetched that no one would care about this really awful disease and thing that would happen. That doesn't seem so far-fetched at all. Like, if you were watching that in 2005, you'd be like, the government doesn't care? What? That's crazy! But now I watch it and I go, yeah, well, yeah, that sounds about right. Like, <laughs> here, here you go. Uh, Christian Bale, Tom Cruise, and Hugh Jackman were all slated. Any of them except Tom Cruise. Christian Bale or Hugh Jackman in that movie would have been fucking great. Oh, God, I would have loved to see Christian Bale in that movie. Oh, I fucking would have loved if Christian Bale was in that movie. Oh, God, why wasn't Christian Bale in that movie? I love Christian Bale. Oh, God, I would have loved Christian Bale. Man, uh, you need someone who can do that, like, super chill vibe, though. Then Hugh Jackman. Heath Ledger. Heath Ledger would have been really good, too. Heath Ledger would have been good. There's Hugh a Jackman lot of other fine. really good people that could have been in it other than Matthew McConaughey. Your your hatred of Matthew McConaughey has come through so strongly, and it's just further reinforced the fact that I think you're an insane person. I did enjoy the movie, though. And I did say that I would watch it. Like, it's not something that I would never be like, oh, God, I wouldn't watch that again. Okay, I... here's, here's the experiment for you, then. Out of, on a scale of 0 to 10... With McConaughey in it, what would you rate the film? 10 being the highest. So one being like... Uh, one being trash awful, never watch it again. What's a movie we watched that was just god awful? And we were like, I'm Cinderella. Gonna... I liked Cinderella. I've seen that movie like five times. Uh, fuck, I don't know. There was one we just watched recently and we were like, God, that was awful. Why would we ever watch that? I but I can't think of what it is. Um, so like ten being like Encanto, like, would rewatch again and again. Um, probably like a five. Like I'm not gonna go out of my way to watch it, but I wouldn't necessarily complain if like it was on. Okay, so a five. Take McConaughey out and put your choice, Christian Bale, in as a. Uh, the main character with Penelope Cruz and Steve Zahn. Now what do you rate it? Eight. Nine. The personal bias against McConaughey is worth four points. Good night, everybody. <laughs> I'm not, I, it's not because I don't like action movies or the story. I just, uh, yeah. When he's the main focus of a movie, it's really hard to focus on anything else. Alrighty. Um, we will be back next time. For Green Gorilla's second choice that he used his nuggets of friendship for, which is one of my personal favorite movies of all time, um, which is A Knight's Tale with Heath Ledger. So we will be back with that next time. It was so nice being in your ear holes and so nice seeing you all on stream. Until next time. <laughs>